San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49er Faithful UK show. With the season done, 32 teams are now at all at different stages. Some are firing their coaches and GMs. Some are firing their assistants. Some are looking forward to the draft. And some are looking forward to Super Wildcard Weekend. And two teams, the Niners and the Ravens, get to enjoy the weekend like fans from their couches. I'm Gareth Ellis and match fit, ready for the playoffs. It's Lee Gowland. Hey guys, how are you doing? Najee Kroll. Hello everyone. And Paul Hope. What up, Fairfall? Evening, gents. Evening, gents. So, uh, before we have a look ahead to the games, bit of monumental news we should probably mark in passing. Uh, end of an era for the NFL, I think, as well as the Patriots. Uh, Darth Belichick finally throws away his battered old hoodie. Uh, let's not dwell on it too much. I think everyone knows about his career. Um, but is he done like Vader, or is he going to rise again like Palpatine? Lee? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's going to end up coaching. I mean, he's already turned around and said he's not giving it in. He, he wants to coach again. Um, I can well see him coaching either the, the Falcons or the Chargers. So it'll be interesting to see which one he does choose. I think Ooh. the Chargers is the better option for him. Okay. I agree. He said he was going to coach. I I thought he was going to end up being the GM and just enjoy picking random players in a draft. Yeah, it's a bit uh, of a. Well, to, to be honest, Najee, I think that's the problem with Belichick. I think yeah. his GM skills yeah. is lacking. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But he's got the pull to be able to do it at the Patriots if he wants to. So because yeah. he's been the GM for so long. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely end of an era. Him and Pete Carroll and Nick Saban are kind of retiring from coaching. As it's crazy, <laughs> it's three of the biggest names in football. Uh, we, I mean, I don't, I know you guys don't really know about Nick Saban, but he's the better chick of college essentially. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's it's weird. And then obviously Pete Carroll is as much as we didn't like him. I I think he's a great coach, national championship. Super Bowl winner. There's not that many. There's three of them in the world. So, you know, yeah. Um, end of an era, indeed. It's going to be weird next year with the new college rules as well and everything. It's crazy. So, yeah. Good Morning Football came up with a really interesting stat today when, when they were talking about Belichick um, moving on from the Patriots. And apparently, Sean McVeigh was only 14 years old when Belichick started coaching the Patriots. Started coaching the Patriots because he'd. Yeah, he's been had a band before. Yeah. However, right. many 10, 15 years in the league before the Patriots, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was a Giants as well, wasn't he? He was. Was yeah. he Super Bowl winner at the Giants, I think? Yeah, yeah. he's from um, Parcells Coaching Tree. Mm. Mm. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah, it, it was a surprise. I mean, the Pete Carroll news broke yesterday, Gareth, 10 minutes before me and Lee went live with our conspiracy show on Levi's, which <laughs> the chat was all about. Cheaty Pete and Lee was like, God damn it, I can't call him that anymore. I found an you old can. photo of yeah, Carol right, in Niners polo shirt from his brief stint with us, and I nearly tweeted that out yesterday to say, you know, good luck, Pete, but I thought I'd stay away from that. I mean, for me as an NFL fan, when I started my journey, the Patriots, Belichick, Brady. So the Chargers, I believe, have got the best quarterback, which Nadji would agree with me, but they've got the worst cap space for next year. So, depending on yeah, what your matter. priority is, it'd be interesting to see. But, Najib, no excuses for your boy Herbert if Belichick goes there next year, surely. 
Well, he's not an offensive coach, so maybe <laughs> if McDaniels go there, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's, yeah, we'll see. It'd be interesting if you. I, I, I can't see LA, you know, trying to get fans and everything get better checked. That's not. That doesn't sell football, does it? These days, I don't know. I, I, there's two things there. I don't know that I can see Belichick relocating to the other side of the country. Fair enough. That you're a coach, you don't have to move yourself and your family. You can obviously afford temporary accommodation or what have you. Um, but it's going to be whether he can work with a GM and whether that relationship is going to work. If an owner says, "Well, I've got a GM," you're, I'm employing you as a coach. Obviously, at the Patriots, he had some something beyond both. Um, and it was a fairly unique position. Uh, I think that's probably what's going to swing it. Um, and I imagine there are some owners out there who are going to say, you want my GM gone? I'll fire him in 15 minutes if you're <laughs> on board. Um, and I don't know whether that's uh, that's going to be a good thing. Because as, as you said, Lee, I think it's it's possibly... It's, it's And it's similar with Pete. I think if one guy gets too much power in an organisation, if there's no one around who can say no or give him an option, then... That's not a healthy thing. Um, so, yeah, I was going to move on to Pete, but he's gone. I'm a bit gutted. Um, I was quite happy for Pete to stay at Seattle because I wouldn't think of them as a threat because um, I don't think he's uh, his his style of coaching is perhaps up to date. Shall we just say that um, and seem to be perhaps less effective? I know he achieved stuff in the past, but I also think one wing with the team he had for a decade and Russell Wilson isn't great but there we go he's gone and I'm sure we will all be interested to see how that pans out and whether he takes a uh, a job upstairs and how much influence he still exerts on the team um, in spite of not being the coach that could be a very interesting dynamic um, to to crack the popcorn and watch from afar um, because I don't think it would go well so Shall we uh, look ahead to the NFC matchups that decide who gets to visit Levi's in the divisional round? Before we go to the games, I just want a simple answer. Who, which team would you want to face in the next round? Not who do you think we'll face, but who would you want to face? For me, it's the Eagles. Mm, interesting. I, I didn't think you were going to go Eagles. Um, really? For me, it's the Packers. Yeah, I was going to say Packers. I'm going to say the Eagles as well, same as Gareth, just because then there's no crying from last year. Um, and I know the quarterback is injured, but I would like to put that right wrong. Good point, actually. But he is hurt. <laughs> he's not he is hurt, so. yeah. It's, it, it's right, Nadji, but I just think the way last season ended and then obviously since we went into their place and beat them, I think it would be would be nice. It would. So Packers-Cowboys, Lee, I think this is your baby. Yeah, so Packers-Cowboys... Like I said, I mean, I, I want to see the Packers uh, get through this, but I just can't see it. I can't see it at all. Um, the Packers' defence plays a 3-4 with Russia and Gary and Preston Smith coming around the edge. They're pretty much their two best players on defence at the moment. They might be able to uh, get some pressure on Doc Prescott, but I'm not holding out hope because the Cowboys got a good O-line. Both teams have been pass-heavy over the season. Um, both Deron Bland and Stephen Gilmore for the Cowboys will have the upper hand at cornerback. Looking at the wide receivers that the Packers have got, I think that matchup's favouring the Cowboys at the moment. Jordan Love, his rating drops to 80 when under pressure, 101.5 when thrown from a clean pocket. 
looking at the pressure rates that the the Cowboys produce, I think Jordan Love's going to be under pressure quite a bit. I think the Cowboys could be beaten deep if the Packers all like and give Love and his receivers enough time, but I honestly believe those chances are going to be few and far between in this game, especially with it being um, in Dallas as well. I think for the Packers to do anything, they really need to balance the offence a bit, go away from the pass-heavy offence and either do a a split 50-50 or actually try something completely different because it's the playoffs and try a run-biased approach. But if they do that, they really need to take Demarcus Lawrence out of the, uh, the run game by running to the opposite side, a little bit like what we do with Aaron Donald. We take him out of the game by moving the players away from him. I think if they do that with the run and try and establish that run, then I think they've got a shot at beating them if they do it that way. But if they try and just out-throw uh, them, I don't think they've got a hope in hell's chance. On the opposite side, the Cowboys, I think if they establish the run with Pollard to open up the passing game, then it's going to be a bit of a turkey shoot. You've got Jair Alexander, who isn't isn't playing like he once was. I think C.D. Lamb will be uh, lining up against him. I think C.D. Lamb's going to burn him every time. See, um, Alexander hasn't particularly had a very good season, and he's had a couple of injuries as well. Um, so I think he's kind of shown his age with the way he plays. So it's a difficult one. I can can think only bad coaching decisions will stop the Cowboys winning this one. But having said that, there's still a Mm. pretty good chance that that might happen because of who's in charge of the uh, the Cowboys. So never say never. Um, A little bit of a little bit of a trivia uh, piece for you. Potentially, we're going to see three Smiths on the field at the same time. We're going to have Preston Smith, the right defensive end for the Packers, and both uh, Tyron and Tyler Smith who line up at both left tackle and left guard, therefore going up against Preston Smith, all on the field at the same time. And would you want my um, my score prediction for the Cowboys-Packers? Oh, I think so, yeah, chuck it in. So the over-under is 50.5, the Cowboys are 7.5-point favourites. I, I think this is going to be a reasonably comfortable win for the Cowboys. I think it's going to be 34-20. Oh, wow, 20. Mm, nicely, that was a good quick analysis. Why don't you do that with Niners games? <laughs> because there's Sorry, so much was, more to talk about in Niners yeah, games. Of course, and, and uh, that was that was only in jest. Uh, Paul, um, any questions for Lee? Really, I think he's covered it there. I, there's nothing there I disagree with. I think the the wild card in this is Mike McCarthy's bizarre play calling. Um, yeah, definitely. As as you said, I think if if the Cowboys can avoid beating themselves, they should put the pack away. No, I've got no questions. Well, my my friend who's a Packers fan, Nadji, been very quiet for months, and then today, except your text saying, "God damn it! If you could have not let the Rams beat you, we wouldn't have been playing the Cowboys." I was like, "Oh, I thought you were very confident going into this game." So I think he's a bit annoyed that the Packers have to go to Dallas. But no, I think Lee's covered it really well, there, Gareth. And you clearly weren't watching the live last night because Lee admitted. You may do a bit more prep for certain shows than others. That's all I'm going to say, Gareth. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I did. Sadly, I did miss you the grass. live show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, something else I would say. When you look at the Packers' schedule and who they've beaten and by how much they've beaten them, it, it's it's not that impressive. And it's been a stop-start season for them. They haven't really gone on a, a decent run of wins. Um, they've won, lost, won, lost, won, lost. They've had no real consistency, which is another reason why I think going into the Cowboys stadium is going to be difficult for them. I think the Cowboys have only lost once there this season. 
and they're fairly dominant. And, and when they do play at home, they put up large numbers. And it's yeah. Jordan Love's first playoff game. That's not easy yeah. to do. <laughs> it's a different different ball game. Um, so let's see how he handles it. He'll learn from it. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Dallas should win this pretty comfortably. And you, Paul, going for Dallas win? Yeah, I think the Cowboys win this one. Yeah, I've I've got them as a quite a comfortable win. I think this is uh, Packers have probably overachieved this season compared to their expectation, and I think some of those teams that get in sneak into the playoffs, you have that psychological, you know, we've we've achieved our aim this year, um, and and I think you just can't quite uh, see them overcoming right? overcoming the Cowboys. You never so, know yeah. though. It's the playoffs. Anything can it, happen. It is. It is the playoffs. It is the playoffs. But yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to have too much uh, for the Packers. So uh, Rams at Lions, Nagy. Uh, this was the one that you've done your in-depth preparation. In-depth preparation. Twelve minutes ago. <laughs> tw- yeah, uh, not even now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been extremely busy at work this week. I think I'm on seventy hours already. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. I think uh, to be fair, that's the what the matchup I'm looking the most towards. Mm. Uh, in, especially on the outside of the bracket. It's Matthew Stafford going back to fold feed for the first ever playoff game there, which is pretty cool, um, against the old Rams QB, Jared Goff. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game, I think. Although I very much like the Packers and the Cowboys, sorry. Um, the Rams, have, I think, have been overachieving a little bit. The teams they have beat on the last stretch have not been that great. And yes, they've been playing really well. And, and I mean, I know they beat us in a game that meant nothing. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think the Lions have been more consistent and just a better team overall. They almost clinched the number two seed. Uh, they just uh, stopped messing around with that eligibility, uh, you know, two-point conversion against uh, the Cowboys. But um, there's also the fact that it's uh, Dan Campbell's first playoff game. It's going to be a lot of emotions. It's going to be very difficult to keep that on the right, especially him. He's all about emotion full all the time. So <laughs> with him and McVay on the other side, with a lot more experience, even though not, really, not, not in age, um, is McVay going to give him something he was not expected? Is that going to fluster him in a game that you can't... It will definitely be a bad season if the Lions lose on that first game. So I, I think it's going to be a little closer than um, the the Cowboys-Packers game. But the Lions, if they play properly and the way they've been playing so far, should put the Rams away pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, although, again, it's a playoff. Matthew Stafford is... A good QB, Cooper Cup is amazing. Naku is clearly a gem, uh, and they, they could hurt that defense. We've been playing pretty well, but um, I just I don't know. I don't know if they have difference maker uh, quite like the the Cowboys do, for example, or we do. That can take on the game and not let them hang around too long. Uh, so I see a closer one. I think it's going to be quite high scoring that one, and I think it's going to be 35-28 to the Lions. Uh, that's my. Uh, my prediction. Good game. Yeah, good. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I can see a shootout. Just two teams going at it, nothing to lose, and the Lions coming on, on top. Paul, what do you think? Well, that was a Matt... very good a winged analysis there. Oh, Nadji Nadji's the best at this. As I said on the live last night, Nadji, me and Lee were talking about when me and you stepped in, and I was like, 
we can wing it with the best of us, especially with Nadji, with his knowledge. But oh, you mentioned Dan Campbell thanks. being emotional, Nadji. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that he's banned Detroit fans turning up at the stadium with Stafford jerseys? And he was like, if I see a Stafford jersey, you're not allowed see, in. This is, and this that is was... the kind of thing... Yeah, it's like, why? Just let people do whatever they want. And Stafford. I think what's <laughs> underestimated, Gareth, is with Goff, the Lions have got the best out of him. They've played with strength. They've played with play action, get the ball out quick. But McVeigh knows all about Jared Goff and he knows his weaknesses. And I think, like you're right, Nancy, this, this is the game I'm looking forward to. My good friend Andy is a Lions fan. He's waited a lifetime for this game. And like you said, they've, they were there and thereabouts. But I agree with you. I think the Lions should win this one. I can see a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, a couple of picks from golf. Stafford always has a pick or two in him as well because he, he tries a little too hard sometimes. But, yeah, I can see it being one of those shootout classic playoff games that we'll talk about for a while, hopefully. Yeah, I think the key to the game is whether or not um, the Rams are going to be able to get pressure on Aaron Donald because the Lions' O-line is by far their strength. They've got a really, really good O-line. If they can keep the pressure off Jared Goff, then it's theirs to lose because Jared Goff has a passer rating of 114.5 when thrown from a clean pocket. That absolutely collapses when he's pressured. He's only got a 62.5 rating when pressured. So I think if the O-line can can give him a clean pocket, then there's no reason why the line shouldn't be favoured. However, according to the, uh, the betting lines, the only favoured three, three points, points and you only yeah. get that when you're a home team anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, it's it's evens, which kind of works out well because I think that they are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Um, ironically, I think the Lions' best performance of the season was when they got beat by the Cowboys by one point. I agree. Yeah. They've got a much better running game, which the Rams are really not that good at defending. Um, you know, the Montgomery-Gibbs duo has been really playing really well this year so even if the Jargoff train kind of falls flat they can rely on that to try and, and snatch the game away so yeah. I don't know I think it's going to be hard for the Rams to win it they'll, they'll have to play a yeah. very good game and then get under their skin and thing and just show a bit more experience so if you just look back at uh, week 17 when the Rams were still playing for a playoff spot and they struggled against the Pooh Giants team that they yeah. came out with the win but they did struggle against the Pooh Giants team so they're not great. Forget last week's game because, like you said, meant absolutely nothing. But I, I do feel as though the Detroit defense is there for the taking. I don't think they've got a particularly good defense. Um, or offensively, they look great. They look really solid, and they can definitely put points on the uh, the board. But I think uh, it's going to come down to how well Detroit's defense plays. I think that's going to be the key to. Detroit winning the game I think it's going to be incredibly close so close I've only got one point in this and uh, believe it or not I've actually got the Rams to shade this one 28-27 so is that a second pod in a row lease called the Rams win <laughs> yeah well I was right about the last he one lo- he loves his Rams doesn't he? <laughs> he does love the Rams doesn't he <laughs> Yeah, I I think this this is this is one of the best uh, matchups this weekend. I think there's a lot there that the Lions are the better team and at home, but the Rams have got the experience. The Rams have got you know nothing to lose, and the Lions have do have that inexplicable meltdowns. They've done it a couple of times in the season where they just haven't nothing's worked for them. 
Um, there was, certainly there was a game, I think it was very early in the season where they, you know, they just made mistake after mistake after mistake and couldn't get out of their own way. Um, there is a little bit of that maybe with the pressure. I don't know how any of the players are going to react. Obviously, the crowd is going to be well up for it, having never seen a playoff game in that in that stadium before. I think it's going to come down to which team starts well, I think, because I think they're both teams that if one of the teams can get in the lead and calm them down a little bit, I think they might take hold of the game. Um, but that's... it's. My guess is as good as anybody's. And I, I think it's going to be within a field goal as well. But I do have the Lions perhaps just shading it because I think the Rams might well, as you've said, the record has potentially flattered them. They might just run out of steam having to do go straight to another road game. Um, and I think the Lions might just have enough to edge it by a, by a point or three. Well, I hope you're right because, to be honest, the team that I don't want to play in the divisional round is the Rams. Yeah, I don't like divisional opponents. It just adds. It's a. Uh, they're always odd in divisional games. Yeah. They they can always go against the trend and against. It's almost the like a banana skin. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So, Paul, Eagles at Bucks. Yeah. So when I was preparing for this one, chaps, um, it'll be the second time in three seasons that these two teams have faced each other in the playoffs. Um, do my best Gareth Ellis impression. The over-under is currently set at 43.5 and the Eagles are three-point favourites, which I thought was significant given the Eagles are the road team. Um, look, especially when you think, Nadji, coming into this one, they're in dreadful run of form, the Eagles. The start of the season, 10-1, and 1, which all Eagles fans were beating us all about and telling us how great they were. <laughs> they stumbled to the finishing line, losing five of the last six. In contrast... Tampa Bay won five of their last six games after only winning four of their first 11. And they were crowned the champions of the NFC South for the third year in a row. However, given the state of that division, it's not yeah, something gonna, I'd be no down no. about. Now, I haven't gone as in-depth as Lee on his um, on my analysis, but this matchup could end up a shootout. Both defences are poor. Both defences have struggled against the pass this year. Um it's fair to say the Eagles' defence is a shambles. And despite changing coordinators and getting Matt Patricia back in there, it's only made them worse. Um, you look at the Eagles' defence, chaps, they rank 31st in opponent third downs. They rank 29th in opponent getting first downs against them. And the 24th in yards per play. And they are average in the QB pressure rate. They're down at 13th with only 20% pressure rate on the QB. They're ranked 16th at display. Uh, disrupting the pass and the mediocre against the run and the Bucks on the opposite side of that are very good against the run but they give up 6.9 yards per pass attempt now normally mm-hmm. you'd think that would play in the Eagles hands but given Jalen Hurts AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are all questionable at this point things that I've seen I know the game's up till Monday Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin could be the winner in this game when I've been doing my analysis, but I think it could be a, sh- a shootout. It could be the weird game of the weekend. There's always one game that takes you by surprise, and I think this could be it. Um, I, yeah. I mean... I think fl- it's going to be a super low-scoring, boring game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, but... Ironically, I picked this game 
<laughs> when Gareth said, which game should you do? I thought, because you were at work, I'll leave you with the Rams. Lee said he'd do the Cowboys one. And then when I was looking at this one, maybe I've got a soft spot for the books because we watch them over at Levi's. But both teams excel on third down offensively, which is weird, but they're equally terrible defensively. Like I've said, for the Eagles to win this one, it's going to have to come down to Jalen Hurts and whether those receivers are fit. For Tampa Bay, on paper at the moment, Gareth, this is a good matchup. They're going to be able to run the ball well. They're going to be able to utilise play action, which plays into Baker Mayfield's strengths. And I think due to their stout run defence, this will force the Eagles to try and beat them, like I've said, through the air. So I hope you're sensing where I'm going with this. I think Balls and the Bucks' defence have got the blueprint. A certain Nick Borser has put the blueprint out there. Jalen Hurts has been the most blitzed quarterback since playing against us. No surprise, because it works. And I think this is going to be the upset of the rounds. I think the Eagles' injury is going to be too much. And I think the Buccaneers are going to win this one. And because I thought we were doing a score prediction game, Gareth, because you had me nervous, I think this is low scoring, like Nadji said. And I think it's going to be a Tampa Bay 24 to Eagles 21. I think it's going to be a close game, but it's not going to be a shootout in the score-wise. I just think it's going to be close in that one. So that is my analysis of this terrible game on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not staying up for that one. Uh, Nadji? No, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, we'll know more, obviously, when Hurts and Brown and, and Smith know if they play or not. I, even if Hurts play, having a dislocated finger and uh, playing a week after is... It's not easy. It's going to hurt. He's not going to be comfortable throwing the ball. And yeah, I I, I think you're right. Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans, we're going to see a lot of that. The the back seven of the Eagles is atrocious. They've tried to fix it. It hasn't worked. And they, I think that's what they should do and try and do to attack it. And they, I think that's what they will. They're just going to go guns blazing to the Buccaneers level, uh, which isn't really... All that high, yeah. I've got something like a 18 to 15 game, boring couple of touchdowns here and there, and then that's it. And yeah, I've got the Bucks winning it at home. Uh, I think they'll have the upper hand. Um, playing outside, I mean, it's warm ish outside in Raymond James. So, um, all the pressure's on the Eagles, isn't it, Nadji? Reigning yeah. NFC champions, they're coming in as three point favorites sure, on the road. I'm not sure but... they are under pressure because of the injuries and. I mean, they got absolutely demolished by the Giants. In a game, they had to win as well. It's not like they could really take the rest. They, they were trying to win the division. Um, and having a showing like that in a game you want to win against the Giants of all team is really poor. And I think mentally they've kind of checked out. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they're just going to go and try to win, which is never a good thing for a team. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not staying up to watch that. <laughs> Lee? Yeah, so I'm similar. I think the Bucks might be able to turn the Eagles over here, um, especially if Jalen Hurts isn't playing. However, I mean, that might be an advantage to um, the Eagles at the moment if That's it's Mariota playing. Um, but I just don't feel it is. that There's something dysfunctional about the team. Um, the record flatters them. And I think Eagles fans have been saying this all the time as well. Even at the start of the season, they were saying we can't believe we won that game. Um, so I, I think I think the books have got a good chance to pull off what everybody would see as a shock. And again, I think it's going to be a reasonably low-scoring game, um, not as low as Nagy, 
Um, and I can't remember what Paul's score was, but don't tell us because I'm just about to give my prediction. Um, and I was going to go with the Bucks 24-20 win. I said 24-21. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I think we've got a, quite a bit of a consensus here. I think yeah, dysfunctional was the word I was going to use for the Eagles. There does seem to be something broken in terms of the locker room and whether that's relationship between players or players and coaches. Obviously, like you said, Patricia has come in. Maybe he hasn't had a chance to, to build a bond with the players or, or they're not buying into what he's he's trying to do. It's clearly not working. Um, you don't see teams like that progress in the playoffs. If, if you don't have a strong locker room to, to dig yourself out of go, falling behind in the third quarter of an away game in the playoffs... I just can't see the Eagles doing it. And I think the Bucks, they've still got the, some experience. You know, Baker Mayfield's been pretty good this season. And, and I think he's got to that maturity point where he's just playing football and he's not doing the, the off-field stuff or making the noise or, or all that sort of stuff and realised you don't need any of that to play quarterback. You just need to go on the field and execute what you've been coached to do. And, and to be fair, he's gone out and done it reasonably well. So... If this was in Philadelphia, maybe it would be uh, um, something different. But I think you're right. I think I've got the Bucks edging it in a in a fairly dull, um, yeah, fairly low scoring affair. I, I'm not going to give a score prediction, but um, yours sound about right to me, um, and one that's that could be a bit of a snore fest. If they win this one, Gareth, the Bucks, it'll be the third time in four years they've advanced to the divisional round. And now you talk about experience and that playoff knowledge and the coach, and that's why I've leaned towards the Bucks. So I just yeah, thought that was an interesting stat to throw out before we moved on. Obviously, Brady moved on, but a lot of the rest of the team from a Super Bowl winning team is still there. They know how to win these games. So uh, I, I can't see a divided and dysfunctional Eagles team going on the road to beat a well-organised, well-drilled, well-coached team that's possibly a bit lacking on the on the talent in some places, but um, they should still have enough to beat the Eagles. So, so if, I'm, if I'm correct, we've got we all got Lions, we all got Dallas. no um, Lee, no, Lee loves the Rams. Rams. Oh, Lee loves the Rams, of course. Okay, yeah. so the three of us have got us playing the Bucks again. And Lee's got us playing the Rams. Um, so, yeah, we've got all of the division winners going through. Yeah. Which is, is odd because that rarely happens, does it? There's, it, gonna, there's usually that's one upset true. in there. But you could argue the Bucks would be an upset given the, the way well, the Eagles. Yeah. Or yeah. That, yeah. that was the, the way yeah, I went. True. So. The, you know, it's, it's fifth at fourth, isn't it? So uh, it's come, Let's put it into the world. The Packers are going to win it. Come on. Come on, Packers. You, you know, just so I, funny, I was thinking too. that as well, you know. Yeah. I think the that, Cowboys that, are just going to crumble. It would be funny. It would be. It funny. would be, it would be the, the, great for us yeah. and also very funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the pressure on them is immense, and we all know that Mike McCarthy doesn't. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't work well under pressure. Looking no, forward to see be, what I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that game because I can't wait. So what you're saying is we want a, a Zeke Elliott moment like last year, Nancy. Yeah. Well, that's two years in a row. Like the so I, I was. I just whilst we were talking about it, I was coming to that point towards the end. Of this, I was going to ask you, give me a baldy on that Dallas <laughs> Dallas Packers D- game. Prescott, Why? to line up his kick returner 
in late in the fourth quarter to try and run it back to win the game. I was going to say something similar, but with uh, what's his face, the defender. I've, I'm so tired. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yeah. As a, as a kick returner trying to win the game, fumbles it in the end zone and they lose on that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah. Who knows? I mean, the, 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 the Cowboys the always entertain in one way or another, don't they? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, that would be fun. But, I, yeah, I've got to say, I think that's, that's almost set up even nicely that the, that the Cowboys will win one divisional game and the whole it's our year, it'll all come out, and then the overconfidence as well. Um, just to, you know, the bigger they go, the harder you fall. So there we go. Those are the NFC matchups. I did have a brief look at the AFC matchups. I won't do them in as much... Uh, uh, depth um, but starting on Saturday Browns at Texans I think this could be a cracker the better team I think are on the road they met in week 16 with the Browns winning easily but the Texans were without CJ Stroud we've got two good defences two potentially dangerous offences two teams with decent pass rushes and two teams with some questionable O-line play um, but two teams with decent run games I think this could be a cracking matchup. Uh, I have got the Browns just shading it, um, mm, but I've, got, <sighs> I've I've got Houston on the fairy tale winning it. I think that Joe Flacco, it, there's a, there's a reason he was on the couch for a while, and I think it's going to show in a game that really matters. Experience, though. Yeah, I know, but also, no one picked him up. The, <laughs> he was the reason the I'm going for it is is yeah, the. Texans offense is great, but defense wins championships. You got to think the Browns is good. The reason you probably stop playing football is because his body can't take that many games, and it's starting to be that many games. So I think it's going to start showing. And all it takes is one good hit from Will Anderson, and the game will be over. So what were you thinking scoreline wise, Garth? I I I think this is this is too. Too close to call. I think it's probably going to be something like 27-24. Oh, Gareth. Gareth, Gareth, Gareth. I've got 28-24. Browns. Oh, what are you wrong? Browns. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got Houston 24, uh, Browns 21. I didn't look at the FC one, so I'm totally winging it now, but I'm... Um... On the Wing same just Nadji. I like Stroud. I think the Texans win, and I'll go 28-21, just I'm off the top I'm, of my head. I'm happy to see the Texans win, and we know that secretly yeah, Nadji well. wants Jimmy Ward to, to win another playoff game. So Jimmy Ward picks six to win it. So yeah. this pod's oh, going to be called Lee no, Loves the Rams, with a bit of Jimmy Ward sprinkled in for Nadji. Yeah. I, can, I can see it all now. <laughs> People are going to be like, what were you guys talking about for 45 Fighting minutes? Itself. Fighting itself. No, I'm I'm all in for the Mecco and Sigis, right? Yeah, like yeah I'd, I'd love to see the Texans put it off. I just I can't go against the Browns' defense with yeah, a, yeah, a rookie, rookie, uh, rookie, rookie QB. Yeah, rookie absolutely. QB. He's missing one of his his uh, rookie wide receiver, and he yeah. might have some questions on the O line. Yeah, but you that's... said you know you said they might think some you know some teams that just don't really play the playoffs. It's dysfunctional. I think there's on such a high. That even if they lose, they'll be happy, and therefore yeah. they'll play with so less care at home as well. No, yes, at home. Yeah. Um, I think it's just going to be a party, and it might just go well for them. So, yeah, it could be, and we know Dima D'Amico is going to get them fired up. 
So yeah, exactly. That's what that's where I'm getting the the edge on the Browns, which I've been. So that's uh, that's Saturday game, isn't it? And also Saturday night, Dolphins at Chiefs in the cold at Arrowhead. Our old friends Mike with Daniel and Raheem Mostert face a Chiefs team um, struggling on offense, but big on defense, including another old mate of ours, Charles Amenahu, who's doing well on the Chiefs defense. Uh, the Chiefs beat Miami in Germany earlier this season, which was was an odd game. I remember watching it, and yeah. it just it got going, and then. Nothing happened for large periods, and then there's the odd mistake here and there. Um, I don't really remember a lot of it, but I remember it being slightly odd. Uh, I think this is another one too close to call. I've got to say I can't see Miami uh, handling the weather um, and the experience of uh, Andy Reid. I've got this one down as a fairly low scorer, particularly if the weather's bad, Um, but I think the Chiefs have just got the experience and the defense to edge it. Yeah, I called the Dolphin win earlier, but I think because of the weather now and the fact that they've really been poor uh, the past month, essentially, and the fact that the other teams got Pat Mahomes uh, makes it. I've got the Chiefs on this one. You can't, you can never take the Chiefs out. Uh, yeah, low scoring, so 20, 21, 17, something like that. Not many points. Cold, hard game. Nothing so has it been forecast as a snow game? When you talk uh, about the it weather. could well be. Possibly right. snow, but certainly very cold, I think, was right. the uh, forecast. Right, so I've went with a bit of a bigger scoring game, but the Chiefs winning it, 31-24. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Good game. Paul? I've gone for the Chiefs, 28-17. I think if it was in Miami, I'd be leaning more towards Miami, but I think you're right, Arrowhead, the weather, the, the crowd, the noise... And I've seen a few Dolphins fans whinging that McDaniel hasn't really changed that much, which has surprised me. I saw one Dolphins fan said before he came in, they were 10 and 6. He's coming, and now they're 11 and 6 for an extra game. And I'm like, really? Are you really going there? But I don't know whether that's a Dolphins mantra. And a few people unhappy with the clip where he was shouting out about Dan Marino, where he was saying, you know, F your records were coming for them. Now, I thought that was hilarious because I like McDaniel, but a few Dolphins fans have taken umbrage yeah, to that. It's bold. Uh, to to take on a franchise or the franchise legend, perhaps. Um, yeah, I think the the Dolphins just seem to have run out of steam and lost their way a little bit, and obviously lost a few pieces on defense. Um, and their their big uh, scoring offense, I think, might well struggle um, in in this kind of weather. However, there is always something about um, the the Dolphins. They do have a good run game, and if Mostert's back. Mostert's pulled out a good um, postseason game before, and in the cold weather, some cold hands. The Chiefs have got some guys who are struggling to hold on to the ball, so I do wonder whether there. This is another one where there there could be a couple of weird plays, and the better team loses. Um, but there we are. So finally, possibly, certainly for me that least interesting matchup I think of the weekend Steelers at Bills the Bills are coming to some good form after the early season struggles and I think the Steelers just continue to somehow w- grind out wins um, on well basically on the back of a really good defense but TJ Watt I understand will be out of this game mm-hmm. um, yeah. I have got I can't see anything else other than fairly comfortable win for the Bills at home 
Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, I think this is going to be the biggest winning margin of the whole weekend. I've got the Bills 28-10. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I can't really see the Steelers actually shining in this one, especially without what. It's going to be very difficult for them to stop Josh Allen. Um, yeah, big game, big, big win from in the snow probably um, from the Bills, 35-10. Bush. Cool. I had 31-17 written down for the Bills win, so I'm going to stick to that. I, I think even Steelers fans would take that at this point. They're just glad yeah. to be there, which is weird yeah. given the franchise history, but there's a few that but, I you know, I All season long, I've talked about learning how to win games, and Mike Tomlin has taught that team how to win games. And it's it's definitely a skill. It's not something you have or you don't. It's a skill you can learn, and it's something you you need to be able to achieve and they're they're just good at scrapping games and if if we could get there because we haven't really needed it this year if we could get what they have that thing i don't know how you do it exactly because otherwise um i would tell you um but if if the niners could acquire that skill and just win those games are so close to be won and you need one thing or two we would be unstoppable. Uh, but this is the example, prime example of a team that knows how to win games. Uh, but not that one. <laughs> Don't think. Yeah, I think uh, making the playoffs is going to be a successful season for the Steelers uh, yeah, again. And it's that's going to be enough when, when the game's getting away from them in the third quarter. I think some of those players are going to be thinking about the off season um, and, and thinking that the season's been a success to, to get there. So, uh, there we go. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? That's a bit of a shorter show, but we will, uh, you know, we're not really no. that interested in all these other teams, are we? One more, one more week to enjoy this season. That's been fantastic for us. I think the weekend would be a success if both the Packers and the Lions won. In fact, Packers, Lions, Bucks. Yeah. If all yeah. them three win, that's a bloody good weekend. Yeah. For us. <laughs> well, all, all three win after bruising overtime matches. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh, that's what I want. Every single game to go to overtime. Oh boy. Put, put those miles on the clock for any opponents we're going to face. Yeah. So if we play the books, don't we get an extra day's rest? Have I read that right? Isn't there certain connotations where, depending on who you play, like we don't know I whether we'll play the Saturday night or the Sunday night, and there's yeah, arguments maybe, yeah. for obviously we can get into I mean, that next week. At this point of the season, I mean, a, a day might make a difference, but it's not that much. Everybody's hurting. Everybody's hurt. A day would make a difference to them more than us. Yeah, I think so. Because I think, yeah, I think the difference well, between yeah. six or seven days is can there's, there's travel, something there, yeah. but the difference between thirteen and fourteen days isn't as much. So yeah, true. Great stuff. Thanks for joining me, lads. That was a good whip round. Um, yeah. Nice to have a look at some other teams. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens and watches the show. Who do you think is going to win at these weekend games? Let us know. But I will put a poll on Facebook, I think, to ask the question of who do you want to face in the divisional rounds, not necessarily who you think will win um, and get through. We will be back next week to pick over any news and uh, fall out from the wild card weekend. Um, so enjoy it. It's a rare sort of weekend. It's the postseason. But the Niners aren't playing, but it's a good thing. So enjoy the <laughs> playoffs. Keep your fingers crossed for those overtime bruises and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners.
Bang bang nana gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline.